Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity Livestream. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and tonight we're going to be talking about this very, very, very difficult to put your finger on sometimes concept of blame shifting. So we're going to have a deep conversation about that and how you can counteract it. For those of you who've been attending, I am so glad that you have been listening and hopefully you've you've got some context to put this new idea into. I know you know what it feels like, and you will remember even more how it feels as you learn the more subtle aspects of blame shifting tonight. You know that you can always listen to other editions of Save Your Sanity Podcast at SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. And if you'd like to support um, Save Your Sanity please go to patreon.com slash save your sanity and you can make a monthly donation of a dollar or two or 10 over there. So let's get on to this topic of blame shifting because, you know, we talk about all these things over at forrelationshiphelp.com, which is my website. And there's lots of good information there for you, lots of blogs, videos, all of that, as well as on my YouTube channel, which also has the same name, for relationship help. So blame shifting, counteracting this crazy making way narcissists and other hijackals have of trying to win, trying to have power over you. Now, just the very name blame shifting, you get it, right? You want to talk about something or you think they have done something or you know they have done something. And if you bring it up, Somehow it makes its way 180 degrees around and all of a sudden you're being blamed either for that or for something larger than that or for something entirely other than that because they just have to blame. They don't take any responsibility. Narcissists are never responsible or accountable. You've noticed that, right? It is never the case that they are at fault. It's always somebody else. Even if they're blaming the weather or the IRS, they are going to blame somebody for whatever is happening to them. And when we're talking about blame shifting, we're really talking about blaming the victim of what they did. And they shift the blame to the victim of their own behaviors. Very crazy making, but can be very subtle to catch in the moment. And I want to help you do that because I want to give you ways to counteract that. So you have to be able to catch it. You have to be able to hear it, know it for what it is, and catch it right away quick. I want you to understand, and I want to help you refuse to accept the shift. Now, only you know whether or not you did or didn't have a part in whatever the conversation is. And of course, as a responsible human, 
you may be able to own a part of it if in fact you were wrong. But blame shifting on the part of a hijackal, a narcissist, a sociopath, a psychopath, is to get you to take the blame for something they did and get them off the hot seat. And that's because narcissists and other hijackals, they cannot tolerate anything that they believe, even in the tiniest way, is shaming. So blame to them is shaming. They're not good enough. They made a mistake. They have a flaw. They didn't do well. And they are so super sensitive to that, that they are not going to take that on board. And you will find that they will turn it around. Haven't you ever had this situation where you carefully explain what it was that made you feel badly or how it would have been better to do something? And then they end up in a place that says something like, well, I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't been on my back all the time. What are we talking about me being on your back? We're not. But they have shifted the blame to say, well, you know, my behavior, whatever I did, doesn't count because you have a much larger fault. And that is crazy making behavior. And you know it's crazy making to be with a hijackal. You know, when I wrote Stop, That's Crazy Making, How to Quit Playing the Passive Aggressive Game, that was long before I wrote the hijackal books. But know this, passive aggressive people are not necessarily hijackals, but all hijackals are passive aggressive. So it's important for us to understand that they're not going to take responsibility, but you knew that already. So one of the dynamics that makes blame shifting happen is a hijackal honestly believes that you care, that you love them, that you are dependent on them to such a degree that you will wear what they throw at you, that you are that enmeshed with them, that you they have you under spell, and therefore they can do and say anything, and you will accept it. Now, some people do accept it because they have a very low opinion of themselves. And that's certainly been helped by being around a hijackal. I know that for sure, right? And being around a hijackal, you will constantly be put down, worn down, torn down, degraded, demeaned, dismissed, discounted. And so it can definitely lower your self-esteem. But if the hijackal thinks that you love him or her, that you care so much for them that you'll go to extra lengths, or that you're dependent on them in any way, then they are more likely to do this blame shifting. And they honestly believe they can feed you a version of the story you're trying to tell back to you and get you to take responsibility for the story that is all about them. They're just going to turn the tables and push it back in your direction, as they usually do. But <clears throat> so many little concepts to understand. And I don't mean that they ha don't have a huge impact. They do. But little tiny parts of the whole predictable nature of hijackals this is what I mean by little. <clears throat> so this little piece that they can take the story you handed them, which is about them, and turn it back and make it about you and make you the bad guy. That's the blame-shifting piece. And <clears throat> it's even 
more subtle than gaslighting sometimes because when they're trying to tell you which gaslighting is, they try to tell you what your reality is, define your reality for you. When they're trying to define your reality for you, you can be going, no, that's not true. No, no. And yet when they're blame shifting, they do it in such a way that causes you to second guess yourself. And in that moment, you're thinking because you're a good person, you're thinking, well, was some of it my fault? Could I have prevented it? Did I not take responsibility for it? Was I not too present? Did I make a mistake? And that's healthy that you have a look at your own behavior. But when you start seeing this pattern of blame shifting, notice if you get caught in that paradigm of, I'm going to get blamed for it anyway, and you no longer even think to do something about the blame. And I want to help you do that tonight. Because as a good person, you're going to take responsibility. You're going to be accountable for yourself. You may go the extra mile. You may give the benefit of the doubt too often. Um, you may be a person who rationalizes and excuses and justifies another person's outrageous behavior too much. And oh, that'll make you very, very, very attractive to a hijackal. Very, very, very attractive. So let's have a look at this whole thing about blame shifting because it is a power game and we have to recognize it for what it is. You know, in episode 115, I talked about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. Well, you are not going to have the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship with a hijackal, a narcissist, anybody leaning in those directions. Because it requires, number one, equality. And they will not entertain the idea of equality between you. You know that. So basically right there, all of it is a power game. And blame shifting is a part of that power game. And it will go on. And so it's important for you to notice that. Also notice that blame shifting is emotionally abusive. Call it for what it is. Don't say that to the hijackal. Remember the cardinal rule, never poke a hijackal. It never goes well. It never gets you the results you want. So don't do it. It's a waste of your energy. And you could get hurt in the process because they'll come back and they'll say, Whatever they want to say to take you down a notch or 20, that's not good. So this power game and this emotional abuse, it has to end. And as I said, when the hijackal believes that there is inequity, that the victim loves or needs or depends on the hijackal more than the hijackal needs or depends or loves them, that imbalance is breeding ground for uh, blame shifting, and we need to be aware of it. So <clears throat> the hijackal is going to exploit your fears and your weaknesses. Now, let's just think about this. You long for some kind of equitable conversation, some love. You want them to throw you some love, some tenderness, something. So when they do it, be careful 
because what they're looking for is for you to have tender moments. And then because you are overreacting to the tenderness and have been longing for it so much that you might tell them your secrets. You might tell them your weaknesses. You might tell them their, your fears. And in that tenderness, you think, oh, they want to get to know me. They want to take care of me. I'm going to share. I'm going to disclose this. And this will draw us closer. No. What they're looking for is ammunition. And you're giving it to them. They are going to exploit those fears and vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And they are going to use them. So knowing that about a hijackal, be very wary if they want to get close to you. Once you recognize the behaviors, I know you're longing for them to get close to you. But you have to come to the place where you can calibrate. Why do they want to get close to me right now? What's up? What's going on? And it's awful that you have to think that way about the person that you, you hoped you were in a love relationship with. But you do have to think that way when you're with the hijackal. Because they're just looking to exploit these things. Haven't you ever had that moment when you told a hijackal something in those tender moments? And then maybe you're at a family event or a dinner party with friends. And then they make a joke at your expense about that very thing. And you are so embarrassed and so hurt. And then if you behave as though you're embarrassed and hurt, they tell you, What's wrong? You're too sensitive. You've got thin skin. Can't you take a joke? And that's because you wanted that closeness. You gave that disclosure and they used it as ammunition. So don't be giving that out because hijackals count on your fear of conflict. They're counting on that, that you're not going to come back to them. You're not going to make a scene. You're not going to push the issue. You are not going to keep at it because you don't want further conflict. And they've taught you that further conflict never goes in your favor. So they pretty much have a self-fulfilling prophecy there. So you have to be aware, very aware of that and know that blame shifting always allows the hijackal to avoid responsibility, to avoid accountability and turn the tables on you. So you also know that not only do you not poke a hijackal, but you're very particular what you address with a hijackal once you realize you're with one. Because if you address things that you know you are not going to get any traction with, and you're not going to get traction with much, but if you address things that you already know don't fly, you just give them power over you. So it's very important, and I tell my clients this all the time, you know, and if you want to be my client, use the new client introductory offer for only $97, and you find that at beaclient.com. I'll put it right there for you. But when I'm talking with my clients, and I'm talking to them about this very thing, about um, them counting on your fear of conflict and their avoidance of responsibility, then it becomes very important to say, observe their behavior. Don't react to their behavior. Start stepping back and saying, what do they usually do? 
How are they usually treating me? What are their tactics and strategies? And step back and observe their behavior. Don't react to it. Don't respond to it. Stay as neutral as you can and observe it. And then make decisions from your observations over time. If you go head on with a hijackle over and over and over, and it's hard, I know, that you keep having hope that they will listen to you, care, they will want to hear from you, they will care about the children, they will care about so many things, and you bring it up, and repeatedly, somehow, you get put down, and you are blame-shifted. Start noticing those patterns. Observe those patterns. And when you can recognize that those patterns are something that you don't want to live with, you don't want to engage with, or you don't want your children to see and model and think that's healthy, then you may be having to make some decisions or some changes. So let's talk about what not to do. Okay, we're not poking any hijackles, so that's important. We're not going to get angry. I mean, not that not that you, your anger is not appropriate. Anger is healthy, but <clears throat> the way you express anger can be very unhealthy, particularly when you're at the end of your tether, right? And so you want to be able to express your anger to someone who's going to listen. And usually the place that you're going to have the most effective way of talking about that is with the therapist who really understands narcissistic and hijackal behavior. And I say that really carefully because there are lots and lots and lots of wonderful people out there in the mental health profession. But if they don't specialize in dealing with hijackals and other difficult humans, they may not be able to help you with the insights that you need and the understanding that you must crave and you must find. So make sure that you get some help because what not to do when you're in a situation with a hijackal where you have said, you know, this isn't working very well. What could we do about this? And they start to do some blame shifting. Oh, you're always at me about something. Oh, is it, are we going to go through this again? You know, what's wrong? Am I not good enough for you? Oh, you really have high standards for somebody who is so low on the totem pole. You know the kinds of things that they say to you. They just want to cut you off at the knees and leave you bleeding. And that's not good. So what not to do? These are new things. They're going to mean you're going to have to take a deep breath, exhale, and remind yourself, I do not need to explain myself. I have put the issue there. I am not going to go in tedious, long explanations. Give them more ammunition. I do not need to explain myself. I have explained the issue. You see the distinction? I, I have explained the issue. If it comes back to be personalized and blaming me because the blame has shifted, I do not explain myself. That's a waste of energy, breath, and time. And it, it will not work. Another thing not to do, don't defend your name. You know, they will call you names. They will put labels on you. They will say, you always do that. And you're never attending. But I've never had a moment's peace with you. And I know that there's no love. And you know how they go on. So don't defend your name. Don't jump in and say, oh, do. Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for power over you. And yourself, that's not going to help. 
you know that, right? Because you've tried it and it didn't help. It generally doesn't help. And another thing not to do is to shame the hijackal. And I know you just, you just want to cut them down to size and tell them exactly how it is. And it's tough. You'll get scars on your tongue, but don't shame the hijackal. Why? Because hijackals are petrified of shame. As I said earlier, you can say the most benign thing, but they will interpret it as you shaming them. And that is their biggest fear. That is their greatest vulnerability. So if you do it on purpose, you are just asking to blow up the conversation, the relationship, the room. Will not go well. So don't shame a hijackal. I'm asking a lot, right? Because you're involved. Your feelings are involved. You're righteously indignant. You know that something was unfair. You know something was left undone that was promised. You know that the, the hijackal is at fault, but they're not going to accept any fault. They're not going to accept any responsibility. So sadly enough, you have to do the work. You have to change because they won't. So don't shame the hijackal. It doesn't work. You can talk about an issue. Blame the hijackal or shame the hijackal. And the last thing not to do for sure is try to prove your point. Don't elaborate. Don't give examples. Don't go, well, you know, you did it on this day and this day and the other day. And you know, it's not the right thing to do. And you know, good people don't behave that way. And I don't even know what to make of you. Don't try and prove your point. Try to be right, because that just puts a meter for putting you down. And that will not help. And they will start shifting blame your way. And when that happens, it's a losing proposition. So hijackals look for reaction. If you do not react, you're in observe mode. Oh, big step. Big positive step. If you can just, you know, you're not walking away. You're not having a look on your face of disgust. Nothing. You are just observing. And when you can do that, when you can do that and they don't get a reaction, they will poke. They will want a reaction. Well, what? Don't you care? Aren't you going to fight for it? What's up with you? You know all the things they say. But your strength starts to show up when you do not give them the reaction they're looking for. And it's not a game. It's that you understand the pattern that they're looking for. And when you interrupt that pattern and you don't give it to them, then you begin to take up the space that you deserve to take up in the relationship. I hope that's abundantly clear. So those are the things definitely not to do. But now what do we do to counteract this blame shifting? This everything's going to be your fault, even though you're endeavoring to discuss things that are their fault. And one of the things that is important to know is not what not to do we've covered, but what to avoid doing is important, as is what to do. So in that observation capacity, you want to be affirming yourself neutrally. So you're blamed for something and the shift has happened and you're being blamed for something and you affirm neutrally. That's not the way I remember it. 
or I don't recall that happening, or I think that's a mistake in the interpretation of my intention. And you just calmly, neutrally speak about yourself. You know, in my book, Kaizen for Couples, that's where I put all the juice about how to be in a relationship. And any relationship, just because it's called Kaizen for Couples, doesn't mean it's only for couples. It's for anybody who wants to be in a healthy adult relationship. But in Kaizen for Couples, you know, I talk about being able to speak neutrally, to be able to use in chapter six and seven, my strategy, the personal weather report. That's really important, and I've done videos on it. So if you're on YouTube on my channel for Relationship Help, just search for the Personal Weather Report, and I've done some videos to help you understand it. But basically, here's the premise, that when you know that you deserve to take up space and draw breath on this earth, then you will know that you have the right to say what you think, feel, need, want, remember, or prefer, as long as you do not mention another human by name or pronoun. That's my definition of assertiveness, too. You have the right to say what you think, feel, need, want, prefer, and remember, as long as you do not mention another person by name or pronoun. So, when you are going to affirm yourself neutrally, you have the absolute right to say, no, that's not what I intended. No, that's not what I remember. What I remember is this. Whatever it is, just affirm yourself neutrally. Now, it's not going to make a big dent in the conversation. It's not even going to impress the hijackal in any way. You're doing it for yourself. You are affirming yourself. You are saying, no, what I remember is this, and I have a right to remember that. What I want is this. I have the right to want that. I saw this. I have the right to say what I saw. You are affirming yourself. You are strengthening yourself in the face of all this hijackal stuff coming towards you. You are affirming yourself. And you are creating a little Teflon shield around you that you're not going to take on all this blame that the hijackal wants to shift in your way. So affirm yourself neutrally. And use the personal weather report to talk only about yourself. Because you are an expert on yourself. Have you ever had that thing where the hijackal says to you, I know you better than you know yourself. I hope you stop for a moment at that point and say, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. That's a power move. That's a power move. I can stop and think about myself, and I know what's going on within myself. And if I need help to do that, I won't be coming to you for it. No, I don't go to the hijackal for help. But talk about yourself only with that powerful personal weather report and grab a copy of Kaizen for Couples. It's at Amazon. You can download it or you can buy the print book and go to chapter six and seven and really study it. Chapter six is how to deliver a personal weather report and chapter seven is how to respond to someone's personal weather report. So very important. Talk about yourself only. Now, here's a tough one because you are the empathetic person in the relationship you are going to have to become a little bit more neutral 
don't express sympathy or empathy. They're getting all upset. Oh, I didn't mean to upset you. No, no, no. You didn't upset them. They decided to get upset because they are not going to take accountability or responsibility. And so you have to separate that out. You didn't make them angry. You didn't make them upset. Their perception of the situation and their fear from their entire background of having a flaw, of being shamed, is what causes them to get their knickers in a twist and stay that way. And nothing you do will change that. So just refrain from expressing sympathy and empathy because you're used to leaning in and maybe going the extra mile and understanding and endeavoring to let them know you love them and you understand them because you mistakenly believe that if they ever got to that place where they believed how much you love them, they would relax and appreciate you and love you back. They're incapable of that. They're unwilling to do that. So don't express in these moments when we're having these tough conversations about something we'd like to see changed, and they get into blame shifting, don't express empathy or sympathy. And that may be difficult for you because it may be second nature to you to do that. But this is something that we have to learn to do in this very particular situation. And don't, don't, don't apologize unless you were wrong. Don't apologize because they told you you were wrong. Check inside. Was I wrong? Even in the smallest part? own it. Demonstrate that you own it if there was a part that you were mistaken in or you don't agree with how you went about doing it. Own that, but only that. No blanket apologies, no blanket appeasements, trying to get them to calm down, make them feel better, tell them that it's really not an important issue and I'm just so sorry I bothered you with it. Watch if you get to those places because they are definitely power hungry and you're just handing them power when you do that. So don't apologize unless you actually were wrong. And then only apologize for the part that pertains to where you think you made an error. Own it, be emotionally mature about it, but don't go into the power struggle and get lost. Now, these are all tough things to do. It's tough to stay calm and observe. I know that. You know, many times I'll talk about it with my clients and they'll say, yes, yes, I get it. And then, you know, we have old patterns. They have ways of getting a rise out of us. Remember, they're looking for a reaction. If you don't give them the reaction, they'll try harder to get a reaction. So your work is to not go into reaction. And it's not being deadpan. It's being genuinely interested and observing, but it is not going into reaction over them. So your task is to stay calm. Your task is to stay centered. Because if you get into anxiety or fear or concern about it, then your body will take over and your mind will be foggy. We've all had those conversations where we really thought we were going to be so clear and things got foggy and then they went sideways. Stay calm and observe. Just observe what's going on. Observe when they shift the blame. And realize, oh, it just became my fault. Don't say that out loud. 
That's poking the hijackal. But observe, because you want to train yourself to see what's really happening here. And the only way you can do that is to stay calm and observe and then reflect on it later in the quiet. So very important. And resist the urge to comfort the hijackal. I know that you may love them, you may want to help them, you may want to support them, you may want them to love you, which they don't have much love to give. But don't comfort them when they get upset because you said something upset you. Doesn't make any sense, but we find ourselves often jumping into that in an effort to calm things down and to keep things under wraps. And in that, don't drop the guilt. It is not your fault they are upset. They, you know, that they don't like talking about difficult things and they're counting on you to have a fear of conflict. So drop the guilt. If they start, dishing it out, trying to make you feel guilty. Just refuse to accept it. Teflon, no, I'm not going to take it on. It's not that you're not listening. It's not that you're in denial. It is that I observe what it is and I'm not going to take it on. And this is extremely important. This will help you change things so that you are counteracting the blame shifting without having a fight. They can have a fight all by themselves. They don't need you. But if you don't contribute to it, then you can stay strong and observe. And this is where your powerful place is, is to be saying, whoa, when I don't get into it, when I don't let my feelings get in there, when I don't react in there, then look at what I see. Look how they go into blaming and defending and name-calling and all the things that they do to diminish and then shift the blame back on you. And you need to observe to know who these people are and what they're doing. And as you begin to realize that this is a pattern, you will realize this is a pattern you don't want to be any part of. And so as you do the things that I've suggested that you do, go back and listen to this again. If you need to etch them in your memory, you see if there can be any shift when you shift in those ways. But don't allow those hijackals, narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, borderlines, super passive aggressive people, don't allow them to do the blame shifting. See it for what it is. And know that you now have tactics. You now have strategies. You know what to do. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm always interested in talking with you. I hope you enjoy the Save Your Sanity podcast. There's over 150 episodes there for you to listen to. You find them on my website at forrelationshiphelp.com. And you'll also find over 150 episodes of my previous podcast, Emotional Savvy, all interviews with experts and very interesting people. Now, I do have something brand new for you, and here it is. Go to ToxicRelationshipChecklists.com, ToxicRelationshipChecklistsPlural.com, and there's a new one there called, Is My Partner a Toxic Hijackal? And you can take that there along with the passive aggressive checklist, the relationship checklist, and the personal integrity checklist. They're all there. They're all free. And I invite you to do that because it will help you understand uh, yourself 
and your relationships. And it's a good thing to do. So until we talk again, you know that I'm going to remind you that you're precious, you're important, you deserve to take up space and draw breath and say what you think, need, want, feel, prefer, and remember, as long as you do not talk about another human by name or pronoun. So in the meantime, treat yourself as precious as you are because you matter. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.